Hello and welcome to Property Mastermind Podcast, episode 134. You're in for a treat today. Bob and I unpack his biggest regrets during his time, his 40 years of property developing. The reason we did this was because maybe you are having some of these issues and it's perhaps something you could look at and think, well, I don't want to regret it. Why not learn from someone who's already made that mistake? So we unpack education, consultants, investors, stock and delegation in that order. So you will enjoy this episode where you learn about what Bob Blimamil did wrong. It's a great one. Jump on in. Welcome back to uh, the Property Mastermind Podcast. We're on episode 134, as I said. And yes, talking Bob Anderson's biggest regrets in property development. Bob, might get a bit personal here. How do you feel about that? Oh, I don't know. We'll see how we go. Well, we'll see be, how we go. Could be the other side of the tough developer. Oh, the other. <laughs> the, the soft t- underbelly. Ah. You know about that. No. I'm just a puppy. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, okay. So. Reminds me of that song. Regrets of, I'm not going to sing it obviously. Regrets of had a few. Remember that there's a song that, that's part of the lyrics? I think it's a, I yes. think it's a Frank Sinatra song. Oh, I did I've it my had way. A few... I did it my way. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Crikey, that took a while to go. That people, there's a lot of younger people who have no idea what we're talking Who's about. Who's Frank Sinatra? There's yeah. A... Yes, I think it was also sing, sung by somebody else. Yeah, that's why I, I, sure. I don't know the Frank Sinatra version, but I've got another version of it. Um, so, Bob. I can push that forward. We're giving away the book this week to Sam. Is it Janet or Jeanette? Anyway, Sam, we've spoken a few times. You've joined the Property Accelerator. Woohoo, go you. I'm excited. I know you're going to go further in property development. And um, I'm looking forward to September. I think we're having another chat. Anyway, this book is in the post to you. Should be just about on your doorstep. Well done, Sam. It's been great having a yak with you. All righty, Bob, before we get started on yeah. your biggest property development regrets, do you have any uh, tips for the day for the podcast? <laughs> Why is that I always, so funny? I always seem to fall back to fishing and boating, don't I? Okay. Uh, tips. Ex- don't, don't, cross the, don't cross the bar at low tide in a southeaster. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had a bit of a bad experience. I've got some massive bruising. We were extremely lucky. We got lucky. thrown around a little bit, didn't we? We did get thrown around. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose, how do you say it? We took a big one Took a big one from behind. But luckily, <laughs> two from the side. and two from the side, we had one of those pretty good boats. But we looked up afterward, and there had been that week two actual rescue, uh, two boats sunk. Two sinkings. And, and about seven had been rescued. So I think we were quite lucky. Yep. Yeah, it was a bit crazy. Oh, right. So, so what was your tip then with that? Don't don't cross the bar at low tide in a strong southeasterly. Yeah, okay, all right. I'll remember that wind. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole story. I'll get a, non, I'll get a non-fishing, non-boating one next time. It's just that when you put me on the spot, my mind goes there straight away. Yeah, for those that I get to meet this year, if you'd like to hear the full story, ask me because it's a little bit horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my goodness. And we will get to meet actually. We've got our uh, got a few events booked this year. They'll be going up on the website soon. But just pencil in for those of you who are interested in learning about joint ventures. We are doing a full two-day workshop, not just a networking event, a full two-day workshop on joint ventures. So there will be investors and people looking for joint ventures 
uh, partners there. And that's the 18th and 19th of May. And we're going to be doing that in Sydney. So if you are keen to register your interest for that, there will be a link below. We know it's going to be a, a very exciting and probably book out pretty sort of early type of event so you won't want to miss out so there is different pricing for that and it'll depend on where you are on your property development journey with us and what you've already what you've already um attended or purchased so there are there are different pricings depending on what you've purchased with us but anyway nonetheless it's going to be a fab event yeah get in early yes learning so we're gonna it's actually a full joint venture workshop yeah, by itself. We never do, we haven't done one before like that. No, we did a meetup, which was very overview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Would, you know, for an hour, a couple of three hours potentially. But yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah, because uh, I've had a little bit of experience doing joint ventures and capital raising, so I'm going to open right up. Yeah, cool. And the reason I said that was because uh, the, uh, if I get to see you at that event, uh, you want to hear about the crossing the bar story. Make sure you <laughs> ask me. Okay, Bob. So. You've obviously had a few years in the development space. Yeah, you've noticed. Yes, yes. And you must have a few regrets because I think we all, you know, regret the odd thing in life. Oh, yeah. I mean, we all, well, don't, don't look too too much in the rear vision mirror. But uh, obviously, you know, when, you, when you're starting out, particularly the way I did, uh, you make mistakes and then, you, you know, you probably end up with a few, with a few regrets. But I cast my mind back. Decades ago, there when when I got started, and remember, you there was no education around then. No. So not not that I was actually looking for it too much. I was ten foot tall and bulletproof at the time, mm. like any young guy in his early twenties, going to tackle the world and take it on full on. But um, there really wasn't. I decided a little bit later to try and get some, but there were no university courses. Mm. Uh, not that I recommend them anyway, but. Uh, there's really nothing. I mean, you could study to be a value. It's probably as close as you could get, and that's a long way from being mm. a developer. Yeah. And so it was learned by the by your bootstraps, you know. Uh, just give it a go. Try and see what other people were doing. Try and reverse engineer it. So why why was that a regret? And the reason we're asking these questions, and, and Bob goes over this today, is because, you know, you can learn from his mistakes, being someone who's been around for a while. So why was that a regret for you, Bob, not having the possibility of education or not being or not getting educated if you couldn't? Mm, well, I was lucky. Yeah. And I, I don't know if, it, if it's fully a regret, but I probably should have asked more people, done a, a, a bit more due diligence on property development than I did. I was lucky because remember my first deal was presented by a fellow called Tony who really helped me out. It was a vendor finance deal. I, I did it with no money, but I, I just rode on his back. Had I done one myself with, without Tony's help, it could have been a totally different story. So mm. it's it's a tale of good luck, a good start, but, you know, you sort of make your own luck as well. But these days, of course, you know, we still see people heading off into property development without any education, and it's there. Mm. And and that that is stupid. And we see the results of some of that, of course, from time to time. Because, and I think that that happens, Bob, because um, the, you can understand some of the bigger moves 
you know, there's some big moves. You do that, you do that, you do mm. that. But there are a lot of moves in between and getting that timing wrong can be critical. It can cost you a fortune with finance, just a lot of things that have to happen in a yeah. particular order and the details and the due diligence that you don't know about and yeah, understanding really thoroughly the numbers. Yeah, yeah. And, and what I didn't know, what I didn't realise when I'd started out, right. because I knew nothing. See, look, there's no education out there at all, nothing about property development, Virtually nothing about property investment, and there was no internet. You couldn't no Google, internet. You couldn't look anything up. Oh no, you couldn't look. If you wanted to look anything up, you went to a library, uh, and there wasn't there wasn't anything there. There weren't any books or anything. So, so you know, I, I, I did what I could do, and and did have a bit of a, a bit of good luck. But see, my my dad was a spray painter, panel beater, mm. and uh, so and they lived. My mum and dad lived in the same house from the time they got married to the time time they died. So. Um, they didn't know anything about finance, didn't know anything really about property, so I didn't have anybody to teach me. So I was, I was sort of out there on my own, which was okay. But, you know, these days it's all laid out in front of us. As you say, no internet back there, very very, very little to do. Are you saying you can find out on the internet, Paul? No, <laughs> but you can generally educate yourself a fair bit. Oh, what, yeah, what online I didn't, education. You know, I, I didn't even understand about property cycles in the respect that I just thought the market was always the, market. the same. Well, when I entered the market, I thought, oh, that's the that's the property market. Mm. I didn't realise that it ebbs and flows, mm. you know, that uh, property values go up and they can also, like, the market can get overheated, you can have corrections. I didn't realise about all the fluctuations in, in interest rates. I mean, everything we know now. And products I, and how I, they're affected. I, I didn't know. Yeah. Well, my first... Well, projects I did for when I was starting out for a while were, were just land subbies. My first one was a four-lot subdivision that I did. But uh, it, it reached a point a couple of projects on where I just thought this is, this is going to go on forever. In fact, the way I was going, I thought I'll be retired at 30. Like, <laughs> like I must be pretty clever. How come everybody doesn't do this? You know, that's what I'm thinking. For, the, for those I, listening and not watching, I'm watching uh, his face and all I see is one of your grandson's faces when you do that. I must be pretty clever, like Billy. <laughs> but I, um, it, it all came home to roost because that was on the Gold Coast and, and that's one of the most volatile markets in the universe, of course. And then, then I found out about our cycles can change and uh, spent two years fighting my way out of a project to, to get out of it make a very meagre profit and actually survive. Um, you know, what that was, that that was a, few, a few projects in, but that's that's how naive I was. What did know? that surviving take, Bob? What did that mean for you? Were you married with children by then? Yeah. And so what did that mean? Was that when you yeah, had to go and take extra jobs on and oh, stuff? Well, I, I, I did because what I had to do, I had to, well, interest rates went up, sales disappeared, very hard to sell vacant land at that point. It was hard enough to sell a house and... I realised that just to keep up with the interest rate, I needed a lot more money than what I had. And, and I bought a, I actually went out and, and bought a business that had a lot of potential uh, to, to build up and build up fast than I did. It was a manufacturing business totally outside of what I was doing. And and I got that and I went from one employee to nine employees uh, really quickly and I went out there and just marketed my products hard. And, and I, I, I kept I kept going because it, it became very profitable but... The bank just sucked all the money out of me, but at least I survived. And I got to a point where I built on the blocks of land. It was a subdivision I was doing, not a big one, but I built on every block one at a time uh, out of, you know, my excess funds and a bit of borrowing I could squeeze. 
uh, because I could sell houses on the land, I couldn't sell the vacant land. And that made me realise, you know, if things get tough, you can't rent out a block of land. Mm. Uh, So you were basically running that business, you grew it to pay pay your interest payments. Mm. Stay alive. Yeah, to stay alive. Put food on the table and, well, pay the bank first and what was left by food. So that, that, was a, that was a tough two years. but You so, had to sell something you owned too, you told me at that point, that, sold, you, that you really would have liked to have kept. I had, I had a nice boat, a fancy car, a couple of fancy cars uh, that I'd build up out of, you know, because remember, as far as I was concerned, property markets stays the same forever. And you are going to retire still, at 30. I was going to retire at 30, so yeah. let's have a bit of fun in the meantime. Uh, so, yeah, it didn't really work out that way, but it was a good lesson. But, but being... Up. But being the ultimate survivor, I mean, I'll do whatever yeah. I need to do to survive. That's where you and I are the same. We'll just do what it takes. Yeah. And, yeah. and a couple of times in my life that have been tough and I've needed money, I've, as you know, I've gone, I've gone out and done night jobs. I, I jumped in a mate's taxi for six months. I, I drove his taxi uh, every weekend for six months uh, and I'd do like double shifts uh, to help him out because the mate that had a taxi got injured and he, and he couldn't keep his taxi going So and I needed money. So I said, mate, I'll, I'll just do all the weekends for you. And he had his brother help him out during the week. So that was interesting, six months driving taxis, but um, uh, particularly at night. And was that during that time that you needed the money for that development? Not for that development, no. It, it was another time when the market really really swung around and, and I, was, I was exposed, but, but I was okay. Um, but I, I, just needed, I just needed extra cash. I mean, I was safe from a development point of view, mm. uh, but, but I was waiting, was delays, and I was waiting for money. And... Uh, you know, I probably could have scraped by, but it was a way of actually getting getting some extra cash and helping a mate out. Mm. So I've done some done some weird stuff in my time. So there you go. You've so back to regrets. Yeah. So you you were talking about not having the education, and it wasn't as easy as you thought. And so at the time, who did you ask apart from Tony, who you piggybacked off? Mm. What? Who were the other people that you did ask? Well, I, I did ask. I, I knew a uh, from some of the land. Remember, I was selling real estate, right? Uh, as well, yeah. And uh, so, I I spoke to a, a few developers that I knew who were doing land subdivisions because I was mark. I was selling them as out of the real estate office I worked for. They weren't all that helpful. They they played it pretty close to their chest. But I did I did get to to talk to uh, the civil engineer and the town planner on on a few different projects, and they they were helpful. Uh, but they're only giving me a piece. What was the it reason? Wasn't everything. Or, and was that because they were holding their cards close to their chest, or they, they only knew those? No, pieces? they're pretty good. But like a surveyor, town planner, they can tell you only about their what they do. Civil engineer, yeah. I, I, I was putting the pieces together. I was pretty numerical, so I was sort of starting to work out how to, how to get the numbers together properly, which is really a feasibility. Mm. I mean, it's really early days. Mm-hmm. So. Like I said, you can, you know, it's all. I asked a couple of developers. They weren't all that helpful. I mean, they, they would have been able to give me the real picture, the full picture, mm. uh, but they weren't all that forthcoming. They might have seen me as one-day competition. I don't know why. It's a complete different attitude to what we have. Mm. I mean, we've created ourselves, haven't we, so many developers mm. and, and sharing what we've learned, but, you know, it wasn't always, wasn't always that way. People, some people just don't want, to, don't want to share what they know. That's okay. But... But yeah. also, but also, somebody who's sharing what they know doesn't know what you don't know, mm. and then that's a lot of time to sit down and go over absolutely everything unless you missed out something. So a, a developer could could have said something yeah. that misses out a critical step. Thinking, well, oh, exactly. you know, when you and I maybe have to 
look up something on YouTube to find out how to do something on the laptop or something. Mm. It's like they've missed a step and then you spend oh. an extra hour doing something. That sort of scenario I on know, the property know, development scheme. I know, I know the scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, putting something together, the, the, the Chinese instructions. Yes, yes. <laughs> Where they leave vital pieces out. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So but that, I, that's education. The next one you said uh, when we sort of broke this down prior to doing the podcast, you said was uh, choosing – Consultants. One of the regrets you have was about consultants. Talk talk to me about those. Yeah. What, what are your regrets there? I probably went too much on price. Right. I was focusing way too much on money and not enough on on the quality of work. Yeah. Um, you know the old the old saying, our friend. You know, prices. That's what you pay, and vo- and quality is what you get. Uh, oh, value, value is what you get. Yeah. Value, value is what so you sometimes get. you just chose the cheapest consultant. Yeah, not always, and, not, and not always the good ones. No. Right. And probably another mistake I made is that I I became friendly with a few and I and automatically I like I give them the the next job yeah instead of keeping friendship separate from the professional thing I mean you can I mean I you know, I got a, um, a lawyer's a good mate of mine and has been for like forty years he was my first lawyer but and yeah I think consultants uh, some you know get the best consultant you can get uh, and. We're doing that at the moment with with architects on a particular project. Certainly not the cheapest architect, but we've seen their work and the quality of their work, and we need it. We need that on on this particular project, and, and to pay for it. Not, you know, I often say, let's say you got, you know, if you totally think if you had a brain tumor, what do you do? Well, you don't go out and seek fee proposals from brain surgeons and then try and force their price down and get the cheapest one you can get. Uh, you know, when it's really important in property development, it doesn't mean you go to the overpriced ones because mm. they're always overpriced ones. But, yeah, I, I, I was just driven by the dollar. And and that's a regret now. Well, yeah, I got bad service on, on some things that could have been done a lot better mm. as well. But, you know, that, that happens to everybody. We all make mistakes like that. Mm. And but the other one just you learn from them. Don't, don't, choose, don't necessarily choose your mates. Then, no. Bob, another – so we've covered – you covered consultants, you covered education – uh, there were two other topics that came up. Uh, one was investors. So tell me about your investor regrets. Mm. Well, same thing uh, for a while. But, and, and you do it because you're sort of, I wouldn't say you're desperate, but like you need, you need funds, you need investor funds. And I was just looking for someone with money. Like, you know, I, I didn't really care about the person too much mm. or what they were like or whether they were compatible, whether we could get on. And... Uh, I should have spent a bit more time because I had a couple of investors on a, on a few deals that were just so painful on the way through, and that was more more likely their their personality uh, type or just the type of person they were. Whereas I didn't look too deeply, and I just wanted to see if they had enough money and if they. You'd be like, yeah, I, you'll do. If I could uh, use the expression, stitch them into a deal, <laughs> whereby they, you know they put the funds in. Uh, but but a couple of times, you know, like you're stuck with someone for two years. Yeah. And it be, just became an ordeal all the time because of this, you know, a couple of people. So what would you and, have done differently, Bob? Uh, so well, two things. And, yeah. and another problem I had that's related to that is probably not getting really good documentation mm. in, in the in, on a few projects in the early days whereby I, I gave too much um, power, not power, not that's the word, uh, to, to Sharing control or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. To the investor, and I, and I learnt from that as well. So, the, the way around that is, 
is simply, and, and not I, we teach it this way, mm. if you've got a developer and you've got an investor, the developer is the developer, the investor is not the developer. And They are the investor. You report to the investor, you update them, you give them, you know, monthly reports, send them photos, do whatever you like, uh, but you can't have them in a decision-making situation. Mm. Somebody has to make the final decision. You know, you can you can have their opinion on something. I got stuck on a project where I gave too much control to, to a few people. It was a bit of a syndicate. We They wasted six weeks choosing tiles. It was a syndicate with a, with a few people in it and um, they couldn't make their mind up about what tile to use. And six weeks, six weeks of interest while they're choosing tiles. Well, I, I'd never do that. that. was a mistake. I'll never do it again. Mm. I, I mean... You might say, look, here's two tiles, which one do you like? But but someone has to choose the tile, and that's the developer, the project manager. So, uh, you know, it's to really have good documentation but never give an investor control. Like you can't give them equal control. No. You cannot. It won't work. I don't care who they are. I don't care if, you, if they're your, um, your sister and your brother or your mother or your father. Someone has to be the project manager, the developer, and they make the final decisions. Hmm. Uh, and so documentation is important. I learned that. Documentation and just choosing and, and the, the right, right people. The right to people. Work, it's not work. just about choosing people with money if you're going to get involved in it. I mean, you can separate that a bit with the right documentation. Yeah. Uh, you, when you've got a combination of the two, when you're given too much power to an investor and you find out they're not as nice and friendly as you thought they might be or they've got, you know, some quirks or – and, and, and so, they can have pressure in their lives from, from other sources that happen mm. too that put them on edge, you know. And then you, if you're a bit late with your project, you know, next thing there's a, you know, you're, you got something to deal with, so mm. yeah, that's a. But but I sorted that out, mm. um, and uh, particularly on the documentation side. And well, that's just an opportunity for me to say, if you're looking, if you have money, you'd like to invest, either come along to our joint venture seminar or give me a call anyway. We can have a chat about it. We often have investments going or have mentoring students looking for a bit of cash, so you know that Bob's all over the deal. So yep, good. Good um, chance to have a chat anyway. And then it's all about exactly matching people up with the right people and it's got to be the right timing and there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah, there is. There um, is. And then the last one, Bob, you had no education, consultants, investors. The last one you said was stock and we knew this was coming. <laughs> when to keep the stock? You regret not keeping which ones? Yeah, so when we talk about stock, in case uh, some of our listening viewers aren't familiar, developers, our stock is what we, what we create. Uh, you know, if we do a three-townhouse project, the three townhouses are our stock, and you can sell it or you can keep it or do a combo, of course. But what I did, I, I didn't even think about holding stock at the end of a project because I didn't really understand investment. Remember, I had no education mm. uh, either, at, you know, from from my dad or mum or you didn't or grow from, up with that education. as a thing. Yeah, no, no, and no books, nothing. So, mm. so I didn't understand investments. I didn't understand growth. So you got to remember. The average person these days, what they know about property, I would have considered, considered them to be an absolutely genius guru or a genius yeah, yeah. back in my day because, you know, these days there's so much information out there, there's so many seminars and people have a, you know, a reasonable understanding about finance, mm. a reasonable understanding about investment, uh, you know, how it works, taxation because there's just so much knowledge being slushed around out there uh, and, and that's, that's good. That's a good thing. But back then, no. No. And this is before any seminars. I remember one of the first seminars that I ever, ever saw and one of the first books on property investment was Jan Summers. That, that, so there's a name for some of you that are listening and watching. That would have been back in the uh, 
late 80s, I reckon, uh, that the Jan was out there. But until then, like, nobody even talked about it. Nobody, like, negative gearing. This is way before all the negative gearing seminars, you know. And and so that's, you know, that that's the way it was. And so I didn't understand the importance of holding property long-term for capital growth mm. and the fact that, you know, you don't, you don't pay tax on your stock unless you sell it. So what you keep, you don't pay tax because you haven't sold it. It's um, Ooh, you you know, know potential you... capital gains tax down the line, but only if you sell so, it. When you say that now, I spoke to somebody this week and they said, oh, just loving the podcast. I've learned so much. And so anyone who's talked to me in the last week, I'm talking about you, and he said to me, I learned that you that you don't buy stuff in your own name. I didn't even know that because it's just so useful. I bet you that there, Bob, uh, was a bit of a, a nugget yeah. for some people thinking, oh, so yeah, you wished you'd you wish you. I wish I kept more. Uh, yeah, early. early. I mean, I had a pretty good lifestyle. Yeah. Oh, you said you had to sell what two cars and a boat when you got in trouble. Oh, oh yeah, but 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 even so, yeah. I mean, you know, got, yeah, got a holiday, had a massive house and cars and that, which, which is which is fine. But I should have. Sort of kept some more property and had, you know, maybe because you think of what it was worth back then. I mean, it's crazy to think about it. But when I started off in property development, your average house was probably worth, uh, in say Brisbane where I lived, yeah, yeah. Um, probably fifty-five, sixty thousand dollars. In fact, I can remember doing house and land packages in nineteen eighty-five. Where we did subdivisions, cut up blocks of land, built three three bedroom low set houses on them. We were selling them for fifty seven grand. There you go. So you can, uh, you know, so you can imagine what they would be worth now. Like if I'd have, I was probably punching out blocks of land with houses on it for, for fifty thousand, and what would they'd be worth? I don't know, I'm just sort of guessing six fifty now, probably those mm-hmm. those properties. Mm. I mean. Yeah, well, but yeah, like I, yeah. <laughs> it's funny when you think about it. Could have kept them uh, for fifty grand, you know. So that's and, and that is one of your regrets, and, and just not keeping earlier. Even if you had a long a long loan on them, they'd all been paid off, you know, years yeah. ago. So. Uh, but yeah, you know, I sort of made up for it later. But you know, I, I could have been, that could have been a good head start. Yeah, you know, something that uh, we often see is uh, when we talk to, well, you know, people, people that come through our education program, especially with the mentoring students because we work so close with them, but they've got that plan and we create that plan of, mm. you know, they know that after they've done X, then they'll start keeping. And that's probably that what most people tend to do. You have to get a bit of a water start. Yeah. Um, so they've got before they can start keeping product. But while we're on that one, and we did discuss it before coming on, Bob, we talked about sometimes uh, sometimes people hamstring themselves because mm. they buy they they buy a property via PPR generally or investments yeah. and, and we've had that on another podcast and it stops them doing property development so that can go both ways can't it you could you could have gone the other way well, not so much for you because you were mm. already developing but you could have people that buy then they can't develop because they've just got yeah. they've got no water so they've got nothing to get started mm. unless they've and, and got joint re- they're paying retail price yeah exactly and they, yeah they're paying retail price yeah. for their stock yeah at least as a as a developer we we pay cost price yes which is why it's easier for us to keep properties as a developer than you know a retail investor you, you know, there's a big difference you know when you go through the numbers yeah but but I didn't really understand that I didn't understand the importance of holding property you know long term and all the uh, well, they were, you know, that was before 1985, you know, mm. before negative gearing, you know, capital gains tax, everything sort of changed to 
appreciation or it all changed around then, but it would have been a great time to to, to, to hold my property. But anyway, look, you, you can't look in the rear vision too much. I mean, I, uh, it, I, I did build up my knowledge eventually and realised that, and that's what we that's what we teach a lot these days when, when we're teaching property developers, you know, we... Uh, in a mentoring program, as you know, everybody's treated individually. We have a look at their situation, their financial situation, mm. where they want to be in one, three, five years, and uh, you know, and, and look at building a portfolio. Maybe not immediately. Mm. You know, maybe the first few projects, typically, where you cash out, build your war chest up, but then start to hold property at cost price. Yeah, and uh, and build it there. But dear, yeah, I wish I had a time machine. I could have gone back, tapped myself on the shoulder. Hey, Bob, keep a couple in the early eighties. Hey, mate. <laughs> yeah. This is how it works, you know. How good would that time machine be? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'll go back a few times. But, but then, if I had the time machine, I might, I might have just gone to uh, the, the winner of the Melbourne Cup that year, and just put everything on it. So. Really? Oh, there you go, Mister. I don't gamble. It does a bit so, of it sounds like Back to the Future. It does a bit. Bob, the last one we talked about was you said about delegation. Oh yeah, yeah. It took me a while to learn that. I was one of those micromanagers. Had to do it myself. Nobody can do this as good as I can. I'll do it myself. And also, probably right in the early days, trying to save save a dollar. Mm. So I didn't understand the value of my own time. I, I'd do stuff just to save money, uh, where you know I would have been better delegating or better putting my time into more productive. Mm. So I've probably gone the other way these days, but uh, yeah, I, and and delegation. And we've worked out, as you know, over the years, we're good at certain things, but we're not good at everything, and we're better off paying somebody to do the things we're not good at or don't like doing and concentrating mm. on the things that we do like and we are good at. But I took a long time to learn that and wish I'd learned that. That's an, I wish I'd learned that earlier. That sounds like the biggest one for you, is it? Yeah, well, I suppose it's in, in my upbringing as well. Mm. Uh, you know, we were my, my dad was a, a hard worker. He was a spray painter, panel beater. He'd work on weekends to make extra money and do all that sort of thing. So I just... For, for, you know, in, in my early years before I really understood property development, I, I was, it was all about exchanging time for money. Yeah. If you want to make more money, uh, work harder, work longer, uh, like my dad did. Mm. took me a while to, to work out that the good money is made with your brain, but, but then I didn't fully understand I could have done better had I been able to delegate. You told me about some holes that you dug. Oh, that was an example I, I, I mentioned. So I bought, I, I bought a property, it was a few acres, and I had a big fence right across the front I wanted to build and uh, it required about 20, 20 posts had to go down about 600 mil while the ground was hard uh, but I was determined to do it and so I, I spent three weekends digging holes to put the posts in and uh, you know blisters on the hands from crowbars and everything I felt pretty satisfied at the end but pretty sore three weekends gone I, I should have just hired somebody with a, uh, a tractor with an organ on the back mm. you know spent the whatever it was you know, these days it might cost you $400, but $400 for three weekends work, hourly rates like nothing. Mm. Um, but I suppose I did have time on my side as well. It's what wasn't that like. But, th- but that was, you know, that, that's a silly example. I mean, I'd never think of doing that now. I used to do all my car- own car repairs because I could, because uh, I learned, you know, panel being spray painting mechanic like my dad, you know, I could fix anything, paint anything. Uh, and, 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 I, so it's that that was my nature. Mm. It took me a while to change mm. uh, and, and to release and realise, look, there are other people that can do something better mm. than me and, like, let's get them there. And you're paying somebody, you know, $40 an hour to do something 
Well, if you're doing that, you're only paying yourself $40 an hour. Mm. But you can make 100 or 200 or $500 or $1,000 an hour doing, doing something a lot better mm. that you're good at. So let's summarise, Bob. The five, you've come up with five things that we talked about today that were your biggest regrets. The first one, you've said not being educated or even or finding thinking, a way to learn. Yeah. And just having a go. Yeah. You yeah. don't and have not, a go not, with property yeah, development. Not, not, not understanding what I didn't know and not, <laughs> not doing anything about it. And the, next, and the next one was uh, consultants. So it was choosing people because they were your friends. Just looking at the dollar. Or looking at the dollar. Get the cheapest, cheapest of everything I could. Yeah. Uh, not looking at quality, not looking at value like I do. I look at value, as you know. Yeah. Value is everything to me. And then investors. Oh, yeah. Those mistakes. Bad documentation. Uh, wrong people. Wrong people, but a combination of the two just makes a project help. Yeah. And then stock. Not keeping it. Yeah, not keeping it earlier. Earlier? Yeah. I mean, yeah, not keeping it earlier. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the last one, delegation. Yeah, that was a big one. Understand your value, what you're good at, and just give it to the others. <laughs> the stuff you don't like or, or you're not really proficient at. Well, You've got to value your own time. Mm. I never did. I, I put a low value on my time. So there we go, folks. Uh, those of you getting started in property development or those of you already in property development, maybe if you're falling out any of those holes, let's not wait a long time before you could possibly rectify them and maybe check out if there's something you could be doing We'll get better. you on the right path. Yeah, we'll get you there. Uh, I asked Bob before the podcast, what's something non-property uh, development that you have a regret about and, you know, not doing? And um, he said, what did you say? Not having bet you earlier. No, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't say that. Oh, but that's a nice thing to say. No, you didn't say that. You, you said you you regret not learning the guitar. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's but that's my fault. Yeah, you know. But um, I just never did it. I, I when when I was young, I actually you know in my teens I played drums, but but the guitars, yeah, the guitar was one thing I really always wanted wanted to play and never did. But that I mean that's my fault. It's not that I couldn't have. Mm. I could have, and I don't know if it's a regret because I don't like to regret stuff. You said it was a regret. I yeah, asked okay. You. Wish I'd learned the guitar. Yeah, it's okay to have regrets. All right, well, we hope that that was useful for you and we'll look forward to catch you. Well, some of you we would have seen on the goal setting tomorrow night. This comes out after that. Yeah. So those who came on, we know it'll be amazing. And this year we're doing a mid-year check-in, so if you missed that, we'll be doing it all over again in July. It is free. We don't sell anything to you. It's just my way of supporting the rest of the world. So we'll catch you again this time next week. Oh, great episode next week we've got an interview with mm. a past mentoring student who's done amazing things so be sure to tune into that one bye bye now